0: With this week's Press Lunch and Audio, you're gonna hear from quarterback Sappho Lufau before head coach Mike McIntyre
1: and then safety Tedrick Thompson.
2: Showtime. Waited four years for this,
3: huh?
1: Yeah, I, I think um, it's a new experience, but I think the biggest thing for us this week is to just treat it as another game and and just go out there and have fun. You know, no one really expected us to be there, nobody I think really wants us there. And so just going to continue to depend on ourselves and the guys in the locker room and, and go out there and try and put a complete game together.
2: So when you talk about the challenge of this uh, defense of Washington, how it compares to like, Utah, Michigan, and USC, some of the other good defenses you
1: face? Yeah, definitely. It looks like one of the best defenses we'll face all year. You know, Obviously, it's kind of hard to tell because you haven't actually played against them yet. But just to see them on film, they've got some really good defensive backs. They've got a good front. And so it's going to be a real good matchup all game long. And we're going to have to go out there and make some plays on offense and, and not leave our defense or our special teams out to try again.
2: So, is there a different level of focus
3: this week uh, in the team? Do you see that? You know, you guys celebrated pretty hard the other night. Does it seem like, you know, that there's kind of you guys are stepping up and asserting themselves this week? I
1: think it's the same kind of focus, because we've just wanted to win every single game since we've been a part of this season. and this game is no different in my mind than other games. I know that might sound a little crazy to some people, but you know each game is very important. You know Each game was very important if we wanted to reach this one. And so we just want to come out here and put a complete game together like I said earlier and just do our best to be very consistent because this is a very good team that we're going up against in all phases.
4: Stephel, uh Chris Peterson in his press conference yesterday talked about how they haven't really seen A guy like you, there's a lot of quarterbacks who run, but you said you don't see a lot of power running guys who are going to run between the tackles. How much have you enjoyed being part of that game plan or that being a big part of the game plan? Um, And when when did you kind of get the sense in the offseason that that you were – because you've always been able to run, but it it was going to become kind of a a key staple of this offense?
1: I don't know if I ever envisioned running 20 times a game, Um, but whatever it takes to win. And if that means going between the tackles or – doing whatever it takes to win I'll do it and it's just it's just an exciting time you know for for this team and to be able to be in the position that we're in anybody on this team would do any, anything for anyone just so we could win you know it's, it's a big game and we're all really focused and really excited for this week hey, Steph, one
0: of your uh, hallmarks is always your toughness how much pride you take in, I mean you come back from the hip point or you do everything you go take snaps how much I mean you're always there for this team how much pride you take in, How much do you want them to remember your grit
1: and your competitive spirit? That's a good question. You know, I think I don't necessarily want them to remember my toughness, but I think I want them to, you know, be tough in a way. And I'm not saying that my team isn't tough, but I want us to get that feeling of, you know, if you're knocked down, you just just get back up and do your best to keep moving forward because it's not always going to be easy, you know, and not just football but in life and – It's not always going to go your way, and so you just got to do your best to keep pushing, keep grinding in whatever you're doing. And so I think that's the biggest thing I want to leave. It's not necessarily about uh, he was a tough quarterback. You know, I I want this program to succeed long after I'm gone. I want people to break my records. I want people to break this team's record. And so it's all about just building and trying to keep the foundation going for a successful future. As
0: as a follow-up to that, just, just so people know, just to reset the record, I mean, there was, I mean, you healed so fast in the offseason that your coming back wasn't, an, you know, wasn't an issue, but were there times when you didn't know if you, that football that you get back in time to start the
1: season? There were a couple of days where I was pretty frustrated, you know, sometimes I just had to sit in the ice bath and, and ice my foot because it was too swollen to do anything, and during those times I just kept telling myself just one day at a time, um, be patient and just do what you can, and like you said, I didn't really know if I could be back this year, and I'm just very blessed and, and thankful for the opportunity to be back with these guys.
5: So for these <clears throat> last two games against Washington state and Utah, were kind of like playoff games to get you to this point, a little bit of pressure there. Now that you're here, is there more pressure or is like the pressure relieved and now that you're in the game, you can just let it go.
1: I don't know if there is pressure. You know, I don't think anyone's picking us to win. I don't think anyone wants us to win. That's totally okay. You know, we know what we're capable of, we know what you dubs capable of, and we just have to go out there and, and play, I wouldn't say a flawless game, but to beat a very good team like UW, you just got to come out there and you have to play very well in all three phases in defense, offense, and special teams, and so, you know, especially on offense, we have to be a lot better this week than we have in, in the past couple of weeks. Out of
4: curiosity, were they ever on the radar in the recruiting scene,
1: Washington? I've only had one offer growing up, and that was Colorado, so... I, no, I
4: guess. Uh, when you guys started the season with, with Darren and Brian um, in that kind of co-offensive coordinator role, um, did it take some, some getting used to? And now that it's in, the, it seems like they, they have a really good connection, can you kind of explain sort of how, how they work together and how you fit into that?
1: I think a lot of the kinks were worked out in the spring, and I could notice them a lot more because I wasn't playing. I was on the sidelines or – if it was a scrimmage, I was on the headset and kind of seeing what they were doing and picking at each other's brains and what they wanted to do. And it's I wouldn't say nothing's really perfect, but it's it's going pretty well for us. You know, they've got two great offensive minds back there now, and they've got a really good they've done a really good job all year of breaking down defenses and finding ways to exploit certain things that they do. And so they they just really piggyback off of each other and um, really help us a lot on offense. Do
4: you hear both their voices in the headset or?
1: In the spring, yeah, uh, I did in the spring. I don't. Uh, Coach Chev talks to me the most. Um, that's just because he's on the sidelines, and then I'll talk to Coach Linger in between drives. Um, but Chev, Chev always has something to say. So um, when Coach talks, you listen. Several, so you are, have complete trust, obviously. It depends because usually sometimes I have to tell him what he's supposed to do so um, after I tell him what he's supposed to do then I'm, I'm very I'm very confident you know he as small as he is he's a warrior and he'll always he always says it to us he's always got our back and I really believe him you know his actions sometimes speak louder than his loud mouth but you know for the most part he always does his job he goes in there and he gives me time and it's just, it's just the thing that we've been doing all year is that we just play for each other and we do anything for each other. And it sounds cliche, but this is a really close-knit team that would, that would really do anything just to win.
2: So for all year you've had guys like um, KB and in for Bryce last week, Shane Callahan of Arizona, guys on defense. Can you talk about how big of a deal it is for you guys to have those guys, that have, whether it's one game and Nick Fisher, things like that, throughout this season, how, how much of a role they play in getting you guys here?
1: Yeah, they definitely played a big role. You know, a lot of guys in the past didn't believe Coach Mack when he tells us that some of you will play more than you ever expected in this game. And he said that before the WSU game, and lo and behold, Nick Fisher's out there a bunch making plays. And the biggest thing, too, is that we trust the guys coming in. We just have so much depth now and guys that are able to make plays and, and do their job that no one's worried when other guys come in and other people get hurt. I think when we lost two linemen at Arizona, no one even worried. We were just like, all right, this next guy up, and let's keep going. And so just a lot of trust within this team and each other and, and knowing that those guys will do their job, and so you need to do your job so you don't let anyone down.
5: Zepo, obviously Washington has a top-flight secondary. <clears throat> I'm not sure how much you go ones-on-ones in practice, but you go against the top-flight secondary when you guys go against one-on-one. Um, how much confidence does that give you entering a game like this when you're going against a secondary that's so good, but you practice against one that's probably equally as good
1: every week? Yeah, I'm very confident going against these guys. You know, I'm very confident going against anybody in the nation. It's just a matter of fact of preparing and understanding your opponent's strengths, weaknesses, what they like to do, and so they, like you said, they're they're very good defense, very good secondary. I've I've seen that just on the film, and some of their guys are very lanky too, which will make it difficult, but. You know, I go against a very good secondary as well, like you alluded to. And so I'm excited to play you know, I'm excited to play in this game and, and play against some really good players.
4: So I talked to some of Coach Matt's former San Jose State players who are going to be at the game on, on Friday. And it, it, you know, they marveled at kind of looking back on it, how quickly they bought into him. And it was, it was really just about immediately feeling that connection that he cared about you more than just as, as a football player. When he, when he first started in 2013 was was there that immediate buy-in or or, or did it take some time and, and how did he connect that in that way to you guys quickly if he did?
1: It definitely took some time you know I think as a whole we didn't buy in you know and I don't know how fast I've bought in either it's just it takes time especially with me I'm really about connections and I'm not the most open person and so it's all about gaining trust from someone and but just to see him continually try to reach us in any way possible and help build the camaraderie of the team uh, really meant a lot to these guys, and um, it's definitely helped us now. And I think we've built a really strong foundation, and it's really helped us this year um, to be very successful.
4: in years past, guys would struggle to win matchups one-on-one, but now you look at it and maybe on the outside, guys win one-on-one matchups all the time. What does that say about the development the talent that's developed
1: in this program? It says a lot. you know. Sometimes you're going to be asked to win one-on-one matchups, and especially when you play, for example, teams like Utah who are going to crowd the box, you have to win those one-on-one matchups or you're going to be stuck in that the whole game because if you don't win the one-on-one matchups, then they're just going to keep blitzing um, and keep leaving guys free on the outside. And so it's very key. It, It alleviates stuff on the offense, and if you can hit one or two, uh, one-on-one matchups on the outside, then it really opens up everything else for you because it'll make the defensive coordinator really think about what he's doing on defense.
5: Seppo, this team hasn't played in a conference, or this university hasn't played in a conference championship mm-hmm. since 2005. They haven't won one since 2001. I don't know if you're aware of that, and I know this is your team and this is your guys' year, but when you hear that, what's what's your reaction?
1: Um, it's it's time I think for us to win one. I think someone asked me, um, what's cooler, going to a Pac twelve championship or a bowl game? I said I don't know. I've never been to either, so <laughs> it's it's just an exciting time. You know I think for, to us it's just treating it like another game and doing our best to continue to make CU you great again. And yeah, it's it's kind of uh, becoming a long week because we're very excited. We really want to play against these guys because. If you're scared of competition, then I, I think this is the wrong sport for you.
4: Seth, after the, the game on Utah, Tedrick had sat up there and said that when, when he was recruited as a freshman, something that stuck with him was that there wasn't really any lying involved. He came here knowing um, and, and being told by the coaches that he wasn't going to go to the Rose Bowl in his first year, that they were going to try to build something here. And a couple of the seniors have, have echoed similar things. Um, was that the case in, in your kind of coming to Colorado here? Were you Told that, um, that something special was being built, that it was going to be a bit of a, a building period here to try to accomplish something?
1: I don't know if that was the, the biggest key for me. The biggest key for me was looking for something of a family atmosphere outside of football and wanting to go to a place that I really enjoy. And I knew I knew it was going to be a rebuilding process. I, I kept track and tabs of how everything went, but it never deterred me um, from from going here. I wanted to go here the whole time, and even though it was a uphill task, you know I was still ready to, to take it on. And I think it just shows, and it's a testament to the seniors because we've been here for four years, and, and we knew what we were getting ourselves into. Seth,
4: so, you mentioned a couple times that nobody wants you to win this game. Um, where are you getting that from, and how is that affecting the team?
1: I just think a lot of people on the outside just didn't expect us to be here. Um a lot of people want U dub for playoff implications or anything like that. But um basically the most important thing is what we want in the locker room and we wanna win and just whatever game, whatever opponent they put in front of us, that's that's what we wanna win. We wanna win that game and, and just continue onwards from there because as crazy as it sounds to me, the season's almost over and being a senior you wanna you wanna make everything count. So, um, that's what we're gonna try and do.
0: <coughs> Summer, do you buy into the thought that the pressure here is on Washington uh, more than likely will be number four in the CFP and all of those things uh, do you buy into that thought that the pressure will be on them and that, for lack of a better term you guys are kind of playing with house money even though you've got a lot to still play for
1: um, I don't really pay attention to rankings and, and all that it's it's an honor whenever you're ranked or whatever they want to put you at, but we have no control over it. And basically, you know, we just want to go out there and play our best and, and do our best to win. It's been a while since CU's had a, a championship here, and so that's our goal, And especially as seniors and juniors, those who have been here for a long time and been through the struggle. We just want to do our best to end on a high note. Thank you, Stephon.
4: Thanks, guys. Uh, okay. Oh, yeah.
6: Ladies and gentlemen, the Pac-12 Coach of the Year. We are uh, extremely excited about playing in the Pac-12 championship game uh, Friday night. Um, This is an awesome accomplishment by our young men, and uh, it's... uh, been a phenomenal season, and we want to keep it going in the right direction. Um, we play a, an excellent football team in Washington. Um, looks like they don't have any weaknesses, um, and uh, they play really well. Um, you know, Coach Peterson is a heck of a coach, uh, and I uh, coached against him one year when I was at San Jose State, and he was at Boise State. and. Um, Beat us bad, <laughs> so uh, uh, he he does a, a great job. And of course, we played against him here a couple of years ago. Um, it's going to be a lot of fun for us. And uh, I'll take any questions at this time about. Um, yes.
0: Pac-12 All-Conference all team. Just named and I'm gonna, I guess I'll put you on the spot here. Uh, the Ten and two
2: team
6: has uh, two first team selections. Is that surprising? I uh, um, we the reason that we won this year is because we have really good football players. And uh, um, I, we have a lot of good football players. We definitely have excellent assistant coaches that have done a great job. Um, but I, I definitely feel like we should have had more guys on the first team all-conference. Um, that's how you win. And, uh, but that's how they chose it. Um, the thing that I think is awesome about our football team is we truly are a team. And we play as a team. We don't blink. They keep playing hard. They really don't care who gets the credit. They really don't. Um, these young men, especially the seniors and the, the, the seniors and the fourth-year juniors, um, have bonded together um, and uh, understand their roles and play them to the utmost. But we really have a lot of good athletes, and I think you'll see that when the NFL draft and some other things come around. So we have some really good football players, and uh, I'm very, very proud of them.
0: Mike, this seems like a silly question considering the success that you've had already this season. What are you more concerned, if concerned is even the right word, about taking on a team like Washington or dealing with uh, the moment, which Uh you guys have handled so well this season? But you've got two things that you're really kind of dealing with.
6: Right. You know, it's going to be exciting for both teams, you know, going to the Pac 12 championship game. You know, you're the only game in the country on that night. It's a national televised. Um, there, there's been a lot of things at, at both places this week where we, we're having to do, like, commercials and all these different things, which is awesome for the kids. I mean, I mean, how cool is that, you know? And uh, um, so I think they're handling it really well. They know what has got us at this point, and they know how well we'll have to play and, and how well we'll have to prepare to play uh, against uh, Washington. So um, I think... I know we'll come out. I know we'll play well, and hopefully we'll play well enough to uh, score one more point than Washington does. And they're thinking the exact same thing over there too.
0: Coach, I know you talk a lot about Seppo, but I guess are you ever, do you ever just are you ever amazed at his toughness? I mean, that hip pointer comes back in. I mean, is it are you for you does that not shock you anymore when he takes pounding and he just it back up and
6: goes back in? No, I, I always love talking about all our guys and and Seppo especially his toughness and his competitive fire and. Um, how much it means to him for this team to be successful, and um, he, you know, no, I'm, I'm I, uh, I guess he does amaze me at times about how his toughness and how he keeps playing and how he keeps fighting and how he can um, fight through things mentally also. Um, but uh, it's not a surprise. Um, but uh, um, he does amaze me sometimes for sure. I just, um, uh, but we're all, I'm so used to it. Sometimes it doesn't phase me, and I'll go back and kind of watch the tape and go, wow. You know, he just kept going. Um, so uh, he gives me a few wow moments, there's no doubt.
2: Coach, what are the unique challenges that this Washington football team brings to the table? Of course, they're very good on both sides of the football. But you know, just, as far as
3: something maybe you haven't seen so far
6: this year? Yeah, they're extremely talented. That's, you know, that's what they do. They have um, playmakers on both sides of the football. Their quarterback is extremely accurate. Um, they they do a, a, have an a excellent scheme on defense and on offense. So they're really well coached. Um, you know their kick returners Ross on kickoff returns and Pettis on punt returns are you know two of the, I would say two of the top guys in the country. Uh, so they're a very very talented football team uh, and, and they play they play they played really well this year. And uh, um, they've uh, you know we've got to find we got to try to find some flaws in them somewhere. I don't know if they have any. And uh, so we'll just have to keep. Keep fighting and keep playing, and find a way to get it done. They're they're an excellent team.
2: Mike, uh, two things: you talk about the uh, your honor, backfield coach of the year, and then also one that I think you'd rather talk about Ryan Muller. Um, yeah, starting this season, I mean, really as a reserve, and he's now first team all conference. Can
6: you talk yeah. about the yeah. season he's had. Oh, Ryan um, is uh, Ryan is just an amazing young man. Uh, if you've been around him much, he has a phenomenal personality. Uh, he is extremely um, a physical, tough football player. Um, he's, you know, he's very powerful and strong. And uh, you know, he, he um, made the special teams position, first team, um, which he should. Uh, and then the way he's played for us at our um, what we call our buff position, um, he has really done a great job there for us. And he's just, a, you know, um, he loves the University of Colorado, He's a Coloradoan. Um He it means everything in the world to him to be playing here, and uh, he has helped us elevate ourselves to uh, to where we are. And I can't thank Ryan enough. And I enjoy watching Ryan play, and I enjoy uh, having Ryan around. He keeps me and we sit by each other in our in, in special teams meetings every day. So uh, he's he's a good one. So you said what, you're- Honor. Uh, well, it, yeah, it's just the, these young men um, and uh, how well they've played and how they've just bought into everything that we've asked them to do. Our coaching staff has done a phenomenal job with them. And then all our auxiliary people, everybody that touches our young men, have had a an absolute pride and commitment um, to us being successful. And, um, you know, from our trainers, our strength tra- staff, our equipment managers, our football ops, everybody um, – and uh, has done so much to propel these young men and instill confidence in them, and uh, and belief, and uh, that's what's happened. Um, and, and so it's, I, I'm just fortunate enough to have head coach in front of my name, and I just get to go along with the ride. So it's pretty special.
5: Hey, Mike. Um, Chris Peterson. Has yeah. that Boise State blooded. You know, yeah. not one trick play is coming, but probably multiple trick plays right. coming. Right. So how much time? I got a couple parts to this question. How much time? do you guys have to prepare for trick plays? And I guess how do you prepare for something that you know is coming but you're not exactly sure in what way, shape, or form? And then, two, as a coach, is it an art to knowing when to call a trick play to get the maximum benefit out of it?
6: Yeah, the, he does. They do a great job with their trick plays. You know, we run quite a few, we've run quite a few trick plays throughout this year, um, and uh, um, they do an excellent, excellent job of it um how they execute them, how they perform and yeah there is there are times that you that i think are good times they feel like you want to, they want to call them um you know and i'm pretty sure they look at you know, what, what personnel you might have on the field on defense or how they can get you in a certain coverage that they would like to attack with that trick play um so jim levitt and our defensive staff has done a very good job of, of working on that and and uh the really, you just got to have great eyes on the back end. Your, your secondary has got to be very disciplined with their eyes. And if we're disciplined with our eyes, um, you know, we'll make some plays on that. And, it, you know, hopefully we are disciplined and, and able to make some plays in there. But, you know, they do an excellent job at it, there's no doubt. If I can to one of your
4: former they State players, Noel Grigsby. Who's, yeah, Noel. Uh, yeah, exactly. How do you know Noel? I I, I just got a hold of him through Lawrence. Okay. Um, yeah,
6: he's awesome. <laughs>
4: So he he, he's coaching he's he's assistant coach now at Crenshaw High School and um, you know says he pulls a lot of the lessons that that you that you taught him and and a lot of those guys he said now are getting getting older starting to get into their lives and and he said are applying a lot of the lessons as he talks to guys and they've really enjoyed this thing with you how much does that mean to you to to kind of hear that that these guys are following along with this
6: wow Um, Noel. Noel is amazing. He was was the leading receiver in the history of the school, and then Chandler Jones beat him because Noel got hurt. Um, And uh, two of my favorite guys. But Noel Grigsby, um, I'll tell you a real quick story on Noel Grigsby, why he's so special. He has unbelievable parents. And uh, um, came from Crenshaw High School was there. When I got there, he was a little skinny DB, and he could catch the ball so well we moved into receiver. So we're playing a game his first year there and he's caught like 50 balls and he hadn't dropped a ball all year so we're playing utah state and the ball hits him right in the hands and he drops it and before anybody can say anything and this is our first year so there wasn't a lot of people in the stands and we weren't very good his mom at the top of her lung stands up and kids catch the ball noel catch the ball (laughs) you know what i'm and i was like Wow. You know, Coach didn't have to say anything. You know, Some parents were like, if you get on the kid. No, no, she was like, you better care. That's what you do. And so um, I, Noel, to hear that from Noel um, means a, a, the world to me. Because that's, that's what, to me, it's all about. If you de- keep helping develop young people. And they go through all kind of things. And they're 18 to 22 years old. And they make mistakes. And you, you cry with them. You hug with them. You discipline them. You're with them. Um, And to hear him say that means the world to me, because that's, I really think I'm judged when they're around 30 or 35. I I really do. That's my ultimate judgment, me personally. Did they understand what we're trying to teach them, to be uncommon men, to be uncommon fathers, to be businessmen with integrity, um, to live their life with with fullness by making the right choices. And um, if they're using those slogans and Understanding with the meaning of it and the heart of it, then they really caught the essence of what I was trying to teach. And I think along the way, when you do that, I said it at San Jose State and I said it here. And the kids, I ask you, if we do all those things, we'll win more games than anybody ever dreamed we would win. And it happened there and it's happening here. So it's all from the inside out. You. Appreciate you telling me that. Uh,
4: Coaches, your teaching, your honors, and the turnaround that you made this season. I'm wondering how many times you thought about your father and your dad. And- oh
6: you trying to make me cry? Um, uh, yeah, I, I think about my dad all the time. I'm holding his, I keep his Bobby Dodd coin with me. Everybody knows that, but it's something I do keep with me. Um, and it's not a luck charm. It's a, what would you do in this situation? Calm down. It really is what it is, and thinking about him. Uh, no, I was honestly at, at practice today. I had a moment where I was just kind of looking around. And I said, wow, we're still practicing. You know, wow, here we go. Um, and I thought, you know, this would be really cool if dad could see this. So, I, I do think of him quite often.
0: Coach, um, one of the mantras around here tends to be the most important team on our schedule is Colorado. Yes. So, uh, how do you balance out preparation for Washington and the obvious scheming that you have to do, but the message that still has to apply to we've got to be who we are, we can't change things? Can you just talk about
6: how you handle that? Right. And What we mean by that is you do tweak your game plan from different teams that you play, but our whole mantra is take care of Colorado. So that's how we meet. That's how we practice. Um, that's how we live life. That's how we take care of our bodies. That's how we um, treat each other. Um, so if you take care of Colorado and you prepare the right way and then we go out there and play fast and tough, which that's our motto that we talk about all the time and we, that's what we do, um, then we can perform and we have an opportunity to beat anybody we play. But if we're so worried about the other team or what's going on or not taking care of our business and thinking we can just show up and win, that's not the case. So it's all the preparation is what we mean by take care of Colorado.
2: Coach, two years ago today, you guys were playing Utah out on that field. Yep. Um, real good chance to win. Setmo throws a pick six late. told me he's heartbroken as he walked off that field. You really got one at him. What does it mean to you now to see those same people chanting his name? You can't even walk around campus without people wanting to take pictures.
6: Of him. Right. Well, it, it, I've, I've said it a few times. I mean, it really means everything to me um, that Seppo was the guy that got to do this. Because it doesn't always happen that way. And uh, very rarely does it really. And so uh, for him to be able to do it, for our players that are here to be able to do it, um, I told Cheeto today, we were walking on the practice field in the the IPF, and I looked at him and I go, I walked over to say, Man, it just hit me. I'm never going to see you play on that field again at Folsom. It should have hit me before. I mean, it did, but it really just, when I saw him walking by, he goes, I know it. I can't believe it either. And I said, Well, we got a lot more to do this year. He says, We sure do. And, uh, but I feel the same way about all of them, is what I'm trying to say. But Cepho being kind of the guy um, that, kind of took the punishment in all kinds of ways mentally and physically and just kept ticking and kept going and kept putting one step in front of the other really defined who we are as a program and he'll to me he'll be a guy that they'll talk about for, for all for a long long time as this thing keeps going
5: like cheeto told me a little bit ago that i was asked, talking about the defensive performance these last few weeks he said yeah we're still learning stuff about ourselves like how good we can stop the run against Utah and how well we can play against the pass against Washington State. I'm just wondering, I know you believed in this team way back in fall camp, but as the years progressed, have you learned anything about this team that you didn't know? Have they been better at things that you didn't expect them to be?
6: What I learned about them was um, some of the questions y'all have asked uh, as far as can they handle the success and then playing another big game and then the success and playing another big game. That was an unknown to me. Um, I definitely believe they would, and I have concrete evidence that I thought they would because their work ethic and their commitment level was above board. They understood what got them here because it took such a long time for them to work and grind through it that it's just an instilled culture and habit to go to work. And uh, um, so... You know, we went back and practiced in the old bubble um, last week because I wanted to take them back to their roots, you know. And a lot of those young freshmen said, what's this? You know, you you can't kick it high. The lights are weird. You know, I said, well, this is what it was for us all the time. And uh, so uh, they – I think that was – I think it worked. And I got to get some of these younger guys. The the guys are passing the culture down. um, But there might be some times we um, go back down there and do some – few old good morning drills like we used to down there to make them realize how how nice we got it.
0: Mike, is there been any one play of the season, one stretch, one game, one instance where you said to yourself, yeah, this is it, they're going to be this
6: good? Uh, yeah, Um, I said it after the Arizona State game. That was our breakthrough game. We haven't lost since. The dam broke and the water's flowing, and they're riding that raft, and the, the water keeps rising. And so um, hopefully we can keep going again this week, but they definitely understand it and have, they're locked in. And Washington's going to be locked in. Uh, it's just I'm so proud of them they get to have this moment. So proud they get to have this moment. Hey, Coach, what Lindsay
4: by his own admission, says, hey, Seppel has to tell me what to do at the time. <laughs> um, but when you ask about blocking, he takes as much pride and passion in protecting Seppel as he does with have you had a player like that that loves to deliver those big hits against
6: guys that are coming at him that are 6'4"? Yeah. Well, he's got a little bit of that little man syndrome in him, you know. <laughs> and so he, he kind of done that all his life. And that's why I call him the Tasmanian Devil. I mean, he just goes all the time. And um, I think half the time he's probably talking. That's why Steph has to tell him what to do. He's probably not listening. He's probably talking. And uh, – um, but they uh, – you know, he is so competitive. He doesn't want to let – he's a true example – of uh, he doesn't want to let his teammates down, period, in everything he does. And that's why he's a team captain, and they all see that. And that that is a culture, that change that's happening throughout our whole team. Whatever their role is, they do not want to let their teammate down. And, you know, you've played, and you understand what that's like. You've been on teams that were like that, and you've been on teams that weren't. And when you're on a team that's like that, um, it's pretty magical.
4: Mike, it's, it seems from, from just being able to view the outside that, that – uh... Brian and, and Darren, and then obviously with you, has it's been a, a good cohesive mm-hmm. relationship that's been able to spark creativity and some of those things. We're not in the meeting rooms. How how has that kind of evolved that that kind of collaboration um, offensively and, and just how would you view how that's kind of come along um, as you guys started? Yeah, this year? yeah, new.
6: yeah. It's it's come, It's it's done real well. Um, the the meeting rooms they're all in there. The whole offensive staff's in there, and then. Um, there's And then, later on in the evening, <coughs> Brian and Chev um, go in brian 's office and they do the practice and games you know, a little bit more detailed in game plan if they kind of get all the ideas together and communicate during the game that way. you know um, um, Lingren does you know the, the play calling, um, but they 're talking in between series or they 're sometimes talking in, you know they 're talking quite a bit during the game and different ideas and um, you know, we have a, a set plan, and in between series they're talking, and so is the other staff that are on there. And Here's what we want to come back out with the next series. Uh, here's what we'd like to do in the red zone the next time. Um, and so uh, they, they've done an excellent, excellent job of, of working together, um, and uh, it, it's, it's worked out really well.
5: Mike, it's probably not a surprise that the two top defenses of the conference are facing off in Friday's title game. Um you, will you or do you think Jim will challenge your defense in that kind of way, challenging them to be the best defense
6: on front and up? Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if they'll, we'll challenge them in that way, but I do know this. Um, I still – offenses, we have an excellent offense, and you got to score points in today's college football. Um, but it still goes back um, to defense because you're, you're – you, offense just doesn't always click every game. Something goes wrong, you have a penalty, somebody gets hurt, somebody's off, the wind's bad or something. And so defense is something that, in a way, can show up every week and find a way to get it done for you. Um, and that's what our defense has done this year, and that's what Washington's defense has done. And both teams have good offenses. So uh, it's going to be a, um, a, you know, a, a fun game to watch. Um, um, as you see those two defenses compete uh, against in the game. Final question. Coach,
4: can
2: you just talk a little bit about, to piggyback off of that, Josh Dupont, it seems like he's a guy who's had a very unique path in his collegiate
6: career and has really come on strong. Not that he hasn't played well all season, but right. especially at the end of the year. Just yeah, Josh, um, I'm so proud of Josh uh, and and how he's, you know, he could have, the, People, some people were trying to get him to go and go in the supplemental draft and do all that when he left school here. and He said no. He wanted to come back. He wanted to graduate from Colorado. Um, he wanted to come here and finish with these guys. He wanted to kind of um, make sure he put his name back in the right place it should be. Um, and so that's what he's doing. Um, and, uh, and since he's come back, um, he might not say this, but he is everybody goes, Man, Josh talks to me. Josh's got a smile on his face. He communicates. It's like he's got a new lease on life and he really doesn't take things for granted anymore. He's so thankful. And it's so awesome to see. And then, yes, football wise, he's playing lights out. But that's also because he's feeling better about himself. And it um and it's so awesome to see. And I you know, I can't I, I enjoy watching him play. It's funny we do commitment cards on um on Thursday nights, we'll do it this Wednesday night. We have a team meeting, just me and the team, and we do commitment cards. And he always says, my commitment to y'all, I'm going to control the A-gaps. <laughs> <And> that's right <that's laughs> from each side of the center, you know. And he does. Um, and he, he'll say other things, but that's always in it. And uh, so uh, I'm very, very proud of Josh. Thank you, Coach. All right, thanks, guys. Hey, Kendrick. Um, you know that uh, Chris Peterson
5: came from Boise State those crazy trick plays and Washington runs multiple trick plays a game. Um, so the defense, how much time do you guys have to spend preparing for those trick plays? And you need
3: couple. Yeah, um, I think uh, all the teams in the conference run trick plays. So you know we got to study film how we've been doing all week or all season long, really. That's the, that's the main thing, study film and try to learn tendencies and things like that because it's one of the best offenses we've faced all year and one of the best in the country. So we just got to do what we've been doing, doing all season long and just you know listen to our coaches and, and really study film.
4: The money game seems to have taken off kind of a life of its own. Mm-hmm. Take me back to when how that kind of originated. Do you remember exactly who came up with it?
3: Yeah, it's still a debate about who came <laughs> up with it uh, between Cheeto Foe and uh, – they both said they came up with it. I don't really remember who came up with it. Um, uh, they came up to me in the locker room, all Kello, Cheeto, and um, and Phil was, was all trying to figure out what to um, come up with. What, what I remember, I remember Cheeto saying like uh, it got to be something about money, so because we all trying to get money. So I don't know who exactly came up with it. Uh, I ain't gonna put that out there, but uh, yeah. So one of them, I came up with it, and we've just been rolling with it ever since. Yeah,
4: and, and you know, obviously, it's it's you know, it's it's a nickname. It, it comes with the, the symbol after you guys make big plays, but. Do you feel like having an identity? Kind of, yeah. you guys can carry
3: that with you a little bit. Yeah, it definitely uh, definitely carries us having an identity on the field. Cause um, we feel like a group as a entire defense. We feel like a group, but um, uh, in the back end, like that, when we have um, just some type of identity that people are tra- starting to know us. By, um you know, it's truly a blessing, and um, it just brought that bond um, a lot more closer. You guys
2: are going-
3: Um, he's a great quarterback. He was up for the Heisman, in my opinion. He still should be up for the Heisman. Um, uh, one of the best quarterbacks in the um, in the Pac twelve. He just said he got Offensive Player of the Year, and um, what's crazy is the fact that he's a young guy, so he has, still has a lot more experience. But he plays like he's a veteran. He plays like he's a senior. You know, he controls the entire offense. He knows how to check plays. He knows how to he's he knows how to scramble. He knows how to make plays happen with his legs and with his feet and things like that. And, you know, he knows how to read coverages, and read defenses. So, like I said earlier, we just gotta you know study him and keep studying the offense.
2: Talked about uh, not only yourself but several guys you got all conference honors today, and um, not a lot of first teamers, but a lot of first and second teamers, and did, uh, just kind of speak to the whole kind of group mentality of not necessarily one star on this team.
3: Yeah, um, I'm not sure yet who won, who won what. I haven't like looked at it or anything like that, but uh, yeah, who did, who won what?
2: So you, Akello, Cheeto, and Phil, and Jeremy, right? Yeah, you got the second team. And uh who were the first team? Jimmy and, Jimmy and,
3: uh, Jimmy and Ryan Moore. Yeah, oh, uh, yeah Jimmy, Jimmy definitely deserves a first team the way he – how many sacks he gets and how much um, – I think a lot of people don't realize um, uh, some of the uh, – like he gets a lot a lot more pressure than people think, and um, that definitely helps out the DB. Our entire, our, the DB is our entire um, D-line gets pressure on the quarterback. And, you know, Ryan, he's a dog because, you know, he – Teams try to pick on Ryan for some reason, and um, he's holding his ground all season long. Um, He's one of the toughest DBs back there, um, you know, because he he puts his body on the line every single game. It doesn't matter what he has to do, he's definitely for the team. And and in my opinion, Cheeto is the best uh, DB in the country. Um, You know, it's just crazy to me. I I honestly think he's the best DB in the country because he could play it all. He could play nickel, he could play corner, he could play safety, you can even put Cheeto a linebacker. Um, Yeah, so I don't know. I just feel like that's definitely the best DB in the country. Mm -hmm. And what Akello. You know how how he brings his grit towards the game and how he you know, how he watches film and how he's able to help out the DBs in the backfields. Like, he tells me the splits. We always talk and communicate before the play and things like that. So just to have certain guys on first team, second team, and stuff like that is a true blessing with our defense that we just got to keep working because uh, UW is a great team. Ted, you also are going to go up against John Ross, who's one of the
2: best wide receivers in
3: the Pac-12. You want to mm-hmm. talk about the challenges bring? <laughs> yeah, uh, like you said, every one of the best receivers in the Pac-12. Um He's a fast guy, extremely fast. I think that's the first thing we realized on film was how fast he was and how he you knows how to get in and out of his routes and how you know how to set up defenders and set up the DBs and things like that. And the connection the receiver and the quarterback have with each other, um, with John Ross, and um, that connection is a great connection. He, he's their deep ball threat just like uh, Pettis is. And, you know, it's just a great, great group of receivers we got to go, go up against. It's going to be a real big challenge for us. Nah, I mean, um, not really. I don't really care about individual stats I tell you all the time, I really don't. Um, I'd rather see my teammates shine than I shine. Even with the defensive player of the uh player of the week. Like the plays I did make and stuff like that was because of other people. The at the first interception we worked that drill, the um the Hail Mary drill since I was a freshman. We were working that every single day in practice and um it just translated towards the game. Um and then the second one, it was more it was more of a coaching aspect, uh Nate who doesn't just get the credit he deserves since I was especially when Coach Levin first got here you know I was the uh-huh. defense was confusing to me and Nate was the one who set me down and after classes I was in his office every single day and I still go to his office today and he I think I think the way I'm playing he deserves a lot of credit because he just breaks down offices so well to me and like we have a you know real good bond we play with each other and stuff like that like we joke around with each other but you know he was telling me about the quarterback and how to read quarterback's eyes and stuff like that and know, to trust my teammates and things like that. So it was really a coaching aspect from Nate, Take, uh, Clark, Tumpkin, Levitt, Mac, all of them. So uh, the awards and things I do get is more for more because of my teammates are helping me and my coaches are helping me.
4: Ted as a follow up, do you think because of these coaches are, are these coaches underrated because you're talking them up and everyone wants to talk about you, Cheeto, Akello are these mm-hmm. coaches.
3: Uh, I definitely think so. I think these are some of the best coaches in the Pac-12, if not the country. Just how much they actually care about us and how much they want us to succeed and how how their work ethic is. I'm pretty sure they're here every day to probably about midnight. I know for a fact they are because sometimes they wake up. When we get here, you can tell they look like they ain't got no sleep. But, uh, yeah, they definitely deserve more credit than they get because they're putting putting us through things that's going to happen to the game. They make practice a lot more harder, and they push us a lot
5: the last two weeks kind of felt like playoff games to get you to this point. If you would have lost either one of those two, you wouldn't be here talking. Mm -hmm. So now that you're here and you're preparing for the Pac-12 title game on Friday night, is whatever element of pressure that did exist gone? And Can you guys just go out and play because you got to this point?
3: Yeah, I mean, we've been like that, though. We don't listen to nobody besides each other. We don't listen to nobody outside this building, nobody outside our – our family, because we don't really care what nobody else got to say about us. I think Coach Levitt told us a while ago, the same people that'll pat you on your back is the same people that's gonna be quick to knock you down when you do something bad. So, you know, we don't care what nobody else got to say. We listen to each other and listen to our coaches, and that's really it. Because they're gonna be with, they're gonna be with us when, um, when we do doing bad, and they're gonna be with us when we doing good together. So, anybody could pat us on the back say we did this, we did that. We are not gonna listen to it, or they can knock us down say we about to get destroyed on this game on Friday. You know, we don't really care what nobody got to say about it.
5: As a follow-up to that, Seppa was in here earlier, and he said he sort of felt like <clears throat> nobody wants to see you yeah. guys win this game for whatever reason, whether it's Washington in the playoff or whatever. Mm-hmm. Do you have that same feeling?
3: Yeah, I definitely do. I feel like nobody. I think it's because nobody thought we'll be at this point, so everybody like is mad that we're here, and they don't really want us. I wouldn't say mad; they just didn't expect it. They don't really want us here, so they just want to see, want to see us lose by whether it's three points, 50 points. They don't. It doesn't really matter. They just want to see us lose. So I agree with Seppa. I think everybody's like. Definitely want to see us lose. Any last
6: questions,
0: Fletcher?
3: No.